Hey, it's Ali or By the Bitch of Tumblr. Hey, it's Ali. Welcome to the final episode of the first season of my podcast or blog, or what I'd like to call as my pod blog, pod blog, <laughs> pod cast slash blog or blogcast. In today's episode, I'd like to start anew and reintroduce myself. Supposing that you are a new listener, I'd like to welcome you to my podcast. So I'm a millennial wife from the Philippines and I used to write erotica on Wattpad, but I've moved all of my erotica stories on my Patreon. So you can request for my Patreon link on my social media pages or, yeah, I'll just link the, uh, everything on the description box. So you can send me a message so that I can send you the link. Okay, so I write blogs and make reviews of various things. I'm also an occasional gamer, and when I'm not working, I'm usually asleep or playing with my cats or watching tournaments on YouTube. Basically, I like watching tournaments uh, like, for example, Wild Rift, Mobile Legends, or those kinds of tournaments. Um, it's been a long time since I watched another game or not really for tournaments or not just tournaments but I also like to watch uh, different kinds of streaming um, like gameplays that are uh, that people usually stream on YouTube or Twitch okay so I've been on a hiatus for two years and I tried to focus on my writing last year but life happened and I had to set my priorities straight then uh, the pandemic happened and the rest is history. The pandemic indeed changed my life. I had to look for a more stable job in the same industry. I sort of had to neglect my husband a bit. Neglect might be such a strong word, but here it goes. In between choosing to live a normal eight to five schedule taking care of him and earning so little, to working graveyard, earning more, but not being able to keep up with his schedule, I chose the graveyard shift. So I've been working in the night shift for about a year now, and we have the occasional arguments about not being able to do the chores for him or not taking care of him enough. But we always try to patch things up and... Uh, yeah, we try to uh, go back to our new normal and we try to understand each other because it's really difficult, most especially these days. You have to be smart about your choices in your career. So eventually, uh, we patch things up and we become better. So that's that. Okay, now um, this has become our new normal. I think everyone has experienced this one way or another since everyone is also affected by the pandemic and the free time uh, that I have right now 
is basically something that I'd like to do regularly. So for my free time, I'd like to prepare and make new episodes for this podcast. So, so because of that, I am here now and I'm trying to upload more episodes. Okay, so I'm updating and yes, I'm telling you that this would be the last episode for season 1. So for season 2, it will be more um, probably not spontaneous enough, but maybe there would be an, uh, a different topic for this season. Okay, so this pandemic taught me a few things. Alright, so as I have mentioned um, for this last episode for the season one, I'm going to talk about the things that I have learned and the things that I consider as uh, integral parts of uh, integral, not really parts, but has become integral since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And one of that is in the beginning of this pandemic, where we cannot travel from one city to another, and public transportations were limited, only privileged Filipinos had the upper hand in this pandemic. So that's what I learned. Uh, that was my initial reaction to the enhanced um what was that yeah the quarantine enhanced community quarantine something like that uh the ecq so i uh in the beginning i thought that it was really stressful and the only people who can actually somehow um, like the only people who have the opportunity to go out at the time were those, those people who have cars and if you don't have a car you'd really be stuck at home you'll really have a hard time buying your own food because there is no transportation, even tricycles, even the local transportations available in your in your uh, in your barangay or in your city or in your town are pretty pretty much limited. So it was really a a hassle, and only a person from your family can go out. So imagine having all of all the freedom that uh yeah all of all the freedom that you have since the pandemic or before the pandemic happened and then suddenly you're restricted not to go out or to do something outside unless it's not important unless it's important so it was really a struggle because we weren't used to it and what really what really happened 
on my experience or in my experience last year was that I had to, since I have a new job, I have to go to the bank. I have to withdraw. So at that time, I still haven't figured out the mobile banking transactions for this new bank because uh, prior to prior to working from this company I have a different bank and the the bank account that I have there uh, well how should I say that it's more accessible to have an online transaction with that bank uh, this bank is pretty much different so yeah there there's a lot of things that there there are a lot of things that i learned in the beginning of the pandemic and it was really difficult for me because i had to go to the bank i had to um process some things well basically that's that so it was really difficult for me uh i think it was difficult for everyone um not having the the access to transportation and yeah that's why i thought that it was a privilege for those people who have cars because they can go to the grocery store anytime that they want um or go to the to the mall to buy essentials and yeah the problem is going to the to the grocery store and going home from the grocery store with a lot of things that you have to bring so it was really stressful at that time okay so i like to i'd like to stop <laughs> justifying why I said that it's a privilege I'd like to move on to the other uh, point okay so on the other hand poor Filipinos who earn wages become poorer by the day so without any other option for transportation but their feet and their strength to carry boxes of supplies or echo bags of groceries good for a week or two so, uh, as I've mentioned, it was difficult. If you don't have a car, you have to walk. And it's it's okay if you can if you're physically fit, and you can carry your stuff. That's all right. Um, but let's say, for example, uh, of course, not everyone is healthy. So uh, that was really tough. Because you, some, oh, well, we're lucky we have this grocery store or this, uh, uh, this wet market nearby. But for those who live far from the supermarket or far from the wet market, it is really a hassle. And I say that the poor Filipinos become more poor because. Uh, of course, you have to budget your money. At the same time, there's a risk that you will lose your job. Because there's no certainty. There's really no... Um, 
It's like in the beginning, everyone was struggling and the economy was really suffering. So a lot of people, most especially the food industry, had a hard time because we can't dine in. We cannot eat inside a restaurant. Uh, there are some new shops that have to close because of the guidelines of this quarantine that they can only serve for um, to-go services or for takeouts. So that's also one of the things that I recall from last year. So, um, yeah, it's it's more difficult. If you're going to, uh, say for example, you're going to uh, use a delivery service for your groceries, it would be more expensive because you have to pay for the delivery at the same time, the handling fee. So, for some people, instead of paying for the delivery and the handling fee, they'd rather go out on their own and risk getting sick because it's not... Because um, every, every cent counts. So, it's really expensive, uh, the, the, of course, because of the pandemic, the prices of food and essentials are also spiking so it's really getting more expensive so it was really unfortunate because not all people can afford that and i'm speaking from experience i'm also experience, uh, i'm also speaking in behalf of what i uh what i see on social media on uh, what i hear from people around me so it's really something that maybe nobody prepared for and yeah i get it nobody is prepared for this pandemic nobody expected that there will be a pandemic and not in our lifetime we didn't think that this would be possible but it is now and we're a year into it and it feels like uh, we're back to square one, so it's getting more frustrated, more frustrating by the day, and we're just trying to move. We're just trying to get by, because if we don't move, we'll we'll starve and we'll die. So we just have to uh, do our best. I'm so sorry if this is too dark. <laughs> Um, sometimes we need to be a little realistic. Say, uh, I don't usually say my opinion. I have this is this is one of the reasons why I stopped writing. Actually, it's because I have a lot of things to say, and sometimes when I write, and after venting or ranting about what I feel and what I see in this world, it feels like people will not hear it or people will not listen to it or don't want to listen to it because it seems 
negative. It's too negative to even think about or listen to. So probably there are a lot of things that you're already that you've already had in mind. You already have in mind, um, but I I just well yeah you can skip this episode if you don't want to listen. So it's okay. But this is just something that I'd like to share since this is my um, <laughs> blogcast. So, yeah, basically, if you want to listen to it, it's okay. If you don't, that is also okay. So, if you're still here and you're still listening, even if you can hear sugar-coated rants or just rants, or you feel like this is an ASMR and you just want to <laughs> have me on the background. Well, thank you and thank you for listening. Okay, so what else? What else do I want to say? So that is the first thing that I've learned that the pandemic in the Philippines is a privilege for those who have more and for those who can afford to do more. Like to go groceries with our cars or to avail of food delivery or for those who can afford to have their groceries delivered with a handling fee. And for those who are strong or healthy enough to go back and forth from their homes to the supermarket um, just to get the essentials that they need for a week or two without any certainty whether the quarantine will be over in a matter of two weeks or a month. Yeah, so that's my first lesson (laughs) from the pandemic. We're 17 minutes in, and I have a few points to discuss. All right, so moving on to the second thing that I learned over the pandemic. So... Uh, this will be political, so if you really don't want to hear it, you can just move to the next podcast if you want to listen to or just skip this episode uh, if you're not really into it. Okay, so this is what I think, and I would like to do this um, because, to be honest, I don't know if I'm going to have the opportunity to speak again. If, for example, freedom of speech will be something that we might not have in the future, you know, because of the government and how everybody's been, everybody has been red tagged for different political reasons and no valid reason at all. So I'm just saying my point because I still can. So anyway, (laughs) well, this is an opinion. So it probably could be um, not valid or probably won't resonate with you. And that's okay. So here it goes. I learned that our government's promise of change was a scam. I'm not 
agreeing with a certain political party. I'm not a political as well. But let's just say that I've had enough. And it's worrisome if you're going to have uh, your own children and you're wondering about their future. If this is how the future will look like, I don't want my child to suffer more because we're suffering enough. So uh, we've been on quarantine for more than a year now and there's no accountability and proper solutions to curb the number of cases. Instead, it blew up and have gotten worse. Delaying the solutions for the upcoming elections. Spreading fear of the pandemic for everyone to avoid people from rallying on the streets. Making mass hysteria and bringing uncertainty to whether we can still vote for a change of leadership next year. So what am I trying to say in here? We've been promised for a change. And that promise was just a promise. You know, when we were in high school or when we were in elementary school, people would say promises are made to be broken. It was just, yeah, it sounded too good to be true, but a lot of people depended on, depended on it six years ago or five years ago. Because a lot of people are craving for change for the better. And you know what? There's really some sort of change that happened, but it was not for the better. It was for the worst. Because, as you know, the economy is really struggling. Um... If you read the news, you'll learn about it. If you go on social media, you'll always see that something's up, something's going on, and it's almost like every day you don't even hear any any positive uh, positive thing about what the government did as a resolution to everything that is happening, most especially in handling the. Uh, the pandemic. So instead of um, forming an agency that uh, forming an agency that um, have experts, scientists or doctors um, spearheading this agency, what we have is a different. Uh, how should I say that? Instead of those experts, we have military, which I'm not really sure what's in his head, like what's the leader's, uh, what the leader is thinking at this time. Why he's using military is. Uh, the military officers uh, officers in handling this pandemic when we, we should have, have doctors or you know uh, those who are in the medical field 
um, to help us. So, yeah, from from that part of his decision, it was already uh, frustrating. Because, you know, if, if you're thinking about it, other countries are not doing the same thing. And true enough, after a year or more than a year, all of those countries who have uh, doctors and all the other experts from the medical field handled uh, or at least tried to make a resolution um, in handling the pandemic. From those countries, they have become better. They're almost um, back to the, to the new normal or back to the normal. Um, normal days of their lives and here we are it's like we never even took a step to even try so that's why I was thinking that probably you know uh, this is not a coincidence anymore because there are a lot of things that are going to happen in the future like the uh, the election and because a lot of people are already um, a lot of people are already desperate for a more responsible and a more accountable leader that if they are not afraid of the virus they probably go to the streets and speak up yeah but because of fear because of the variants different variants of this pandemic according to our government so um, we are left to wonder so if we'll if we will ever find a solution to this and we actually haven't heard anything from the government with regards to how they are going to handle the situation we're waiting for vaccines um, the vaccines that they are actually handing over are not really effective like there's a 50 percent chance so, yeah, um, I'm getting too political and <laughs> you can just read about this in the news so you'll understand more. And I think I'm not really that, um, I'm not really that much informed about it. So I can't really go into details about everything, but the, the gist is that I am frustrated by the situation because we don't see any hope for the change that was promised to us and that we were holding on to that promise because we thought that it's going to be a better Philippines. But at the end of the day, uh, 
not only for businesses but regular people are getting killed a lot of people are struggling getting more depressed by the day because they are all cooped up at home and in between deciding whether they can stay safe at home or survive and find a job or go to work every day um it's really a struggle for everyone right now and what we need is accountability from our leaders that we've elected five years ago yeah so we just don't want a solution because the election is coming up we they owe it to us actually to really do their job and as i've said i'm not really siding with anyone um as for the vice president's uh, role in this matter where she is also uh, doing her best to find solutions for the country and the countrymen I think that is part of her job and whether she's doing her best or whether um, yeah so I think that's part of her job so she really has to do to do it <laughs> set an example um, I guess what she's doing right now is being highlighted because Uh, because the other party is not doing their best, to be honest. So if both of them are working together hand in hand, or if both of them are not always um, against each other, or um, fighting against each other, or trying to, um, you know, to make a drama about everything. So if they if they'll just do it together, I guess uh, it would be much better, and there will be no, uh, there won't be a comparison in who's better than who, because it's part of their jobs. It's what they they are expected to. Uh, that's what they are expected to do, and yeah, I I'm not into any party at all, so. Yeah, so that's what I think about the promise, the promise of change that I think was just a scam. So that's for the second reason. For the third one, oh, not reason, but the second thing that I've learned over the past uh, few months and over a year of pandemic. So the third one is that this one is general, it could also be personal. So there's no such thing as a stable job. I'm not manifesting it. I'm just saying that since the economy is really, um, you know, uh, struggling because not all businesses are up and running. So I can say that there is no stable job because of the global economic crisis. So, I, I don't think it's just us, the Philippines, but everyone 
every country is experiencing the same thing. And I just have to pray. I just I just have to do my best in my job. And you know, um it's not the best time to have a business right now. So I think it's um Yeah, so I think it's really tough to be having our own business or to have a startup in this time because although, of course, risking um, the success of your business is going to be, well, it's, it's part of the risk, but it's still, but for me, I'm not that brave to invest a lot of money and you know to risk everything at this uh, at this time at this day so uh, all, all that we have to do is to work hard and pray that we remain in our jobs to secure our future and if you have your own children to secure their future as well so that's that that's my opinion on uh, the third thing that I've learned. Well, I'll just give you more opinion, uh, more, um, probably just to give a more personal, a more personal, um, take on this situation. So, as you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was working with a different company. And I thought that they're already a stable uh, company, regardless if they're a startup or not. And when I lost a lot of classes at the time, it was terrible because I was living, uh, I was basing my living expenses or my lifestyle on uh, my salary or based on the hourly rate that I get or based on the number of students that book my classes. So it was really tough on my end. So that's why I said that there's no such thing as a stable job. So we just hope that no matter what we do or no matter how hard the economy is, experience, uh, is no matter how hard the uh, the industries working on the the everything, <laughs> um, no matter how hard or no matter how difficult it is for the industry to keep being afloat or to be stable, it's still you know it, it's still a good thing to be aware or to accept the fact that um how should i say that like you have to be realistic enough and you have to be open-minded enough so that when something happens you won't be too shocked to move or to decide or to think about what you're going to do next.
because you've already expected or already expected the worst uh, that's what I'm trying to go for like you have to expect for the worst because this time there's no certainty about whether things will go back to normal or not or yeah so you really have to just be prepared no matter what and I don't I don't know if plan A plan B plan C would still work but it's still a good uh, it's still something that you would like to think about no matter what happens so yeah I, I'm blabbing blabbing blabbering <laughs> uh, yeah because I, I also feel scared about that, you know, um, and how should I say that? To be fair or to be honest, I don't want to be complacent. So probably this is my pep talk for myself. That I don't want to be complacent if my job is doing well that my company is not having any problems or it's not struggling at all because they don't see it or I don't receive any messages from our ops about it or our uh, supervisors or other people who are working um, in the HR or anything like that. So for me, um, I just don't want to be too complacent on on what I have right now so I'm I'm also like I also want to be prepared when something comes up yeah, uh, I think what contributed to this is also because well I didn't personally experience that I have experienced it in a different way when I lost uh, some classes in March last year, but basically whenever my husband has a meeting in his job And well, he only say that it's just a regular stand-up meeting I still feel scared because one meeting that he had before was uh, Like a meeting that Told him that it's his last day and he can't be regular, regularized, or that he can't continue working in his job anymore. So every time there's a meeting, every time that there's a, an email from uh, the higher ups, I feel scared. I feel nervous because I know that you know uh, the possibility of having or staying in the same company is really uh, something that um, it is something that is also um, how should I say that um, the possibility of losing your job is always there because of the economy because of the pandemic because of a lot of factors so yeah it's scary you just have to do your best 
it's difficult but if you're not going to do something about it it'll just be cooked up and you're just going to be scared and you can't move on or it will be really hard for you so yeah uh you just have to be realistic and you just have to to face our fears in some way and we just have to remind ourselves not to be too complacent that everything is going to be okay when you know that the pandemic is still there and it's not going to be easy that easy and you just have to continue moving so i'm still blabbering okay so that's the third one um i'm going to continue my other uh, learnings and I just have to take a break for a few minutes because um, I have to do some other chores like my clothes I have to I think the washing machine is already finished from doing its job so I have to uh, take care of that <laughs> I have to hang on the clothes outside because it's still hot, so I hope it will dry by the end of the day. And I'll get back to you with my fourth, my fifth, and the rest of the learnings that I have. So I sit tight and relax. So this is the final episode of Season 1, Part 1. Okay, and I hope that you're still here and listening to my blabberings and my learnings, my rants, my events, and my ha- uh, my hanash, <laughs> and everything in between. So, thank you. And I'm sorry if I am losing my breath. I have clogged nose, I think. I'm not used to speaking. For 40 minutes uh, continuously so I have to drink water as well but anyway I'll get back to you in a few minutes and I hope that you are still here and listening to my pod- podcast or blogcast right. stay tuned alright guys so I'm back and for the second part of this final part final episode of the season I'd like to start with the fourth thing that I've learned over the past um, uh, over the pandemic so for over a year okay the fourth thing that I've learned is that some parents really think of their children as investment funds um, this is this is not just because I saw this in social media. Let's just say that there's a, well some personal experiences um, that I can say that yes, there are some parents who think that their children are their investment funds. I wrote this at the height of my emotions, and yeah, actually I was being selfish because I thought I, I, what I was feeling at the time is that 
everything that I am working for right now is, get, is going to them. And I can't even buy something for myself. Um, basically, the roles have been shifted or have been reversed. So I'm really upset when I wrote this on my blog. And now that I am, I, I was able to buy some of the things thanks to my husband. Um, I feel much better and I also found a way um, to actually solve some of the things that I, uh, I was really thinking about at the time. So now I have come to realize that I have to do something. Um, instead of just getting angry with the frustration, blaming people, and yeah, I think this is something that unfortunately I cannot control because in this time of the pandemic, Uh, as I said, looking for a job is really difficult and I'm just lucky that I have a job. And all I wanted in the beginning was that to at least have not a backup plan, but like someone I can turn to. Um, like I wouldn't worry about if in case something bad happens to me something bad happens to my job and uh, not just depending on what I can give but it's something that uh, basically they can do for themselves so enough of my ranting okay so yeah um, some parents don't want to work or even think about it or start their own business because they are already comfortable with getting monthly allowances. And sadly, it's part of the uh, reality that there are parents that are, you know, um, probably they're already too old to work or that they, don't, they are not business-minded enough or that they, they don't think that they have luck in business or have enough knowledge or anything like that. It's a mess. <laughs> uh, yeah. At this point, I'm going to take off my makeup because it's almost 9 o'clock. So... I started working today. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a Sunday and I work overtime for four hours since 1 a.m. I've been wearing makeup since 12 o'clock. So I just have to cleanse <laughs> my face. Okay. So, uh, yeah. We can, um, how should I say this? We can complain on social media. We can rant. We can vent on social media. 
as much as we want on our blogs, on our Twitter accounts, on our Facebook profiles. But complaining about it doesn't really change it. Doesn't really um, provide any solutions. You just feel worse. Um, in some cases, when you see another post that is quite similar to what you're posting, you feel like you're not alone, but it adds up to your frustration from everything that you've listed before. Like, for me, I've already listed all of the things that I am frustrated about in this podcast or blog. I am frustrated with our current situation in the Philippines, how the government acts upon the, the pandemic and how they are planning to how they are planning to uh, solve the high uh, the high cases, the high number the the yeah the spike on the number of cases. But yeah, I, I can complain about everything, but if I don't do anything to keep myself busy or to, if I don't do anything to make my situation better, then I'll just be stopped, frustrated, and, you know, demotivated to do anything. And at the end of the day, I'll just be the one who's going to be tired and I'm going to be the one who lost because I just suck and I just complain but I didn't do anything so the blame is still on me and it's still on me because I didn't do anything about it and I don't want to get stuck I just want to probably vent all of these frustrations so that tomorrow as I am thinking about uh, ways on how I can improve myself and probably help the country or um, be a better version of myself if you want to say it like that yeah I, I at least did something that would make me more productive and less of the ranty person that I am usually am that I usually am. So yeah, basically, it's uh it's always better for you to to find a way out of the out of your current situation. If you're stuck, if you feel like you want to give up, if you give up now. The problem will still stay there if you don't um, do something about it. It will still be a cycle. Or yeah, since you you're not moving or you're not doing any doing anything about it, will just end up frustrated, and there there will be negative thoughts that will be going in and out of your mind.
because you feel like you're alone, you feel like you're desperate. So you, you have to take a rest. First thing that I would like to suggest, if, you, if ever you experience that, if ever um, this happens to you, I hope it doesn't. But when you come to this, when, when you experience this, this is my unsolicited advice. If you feel like you want to give up, don't. Take a rest first. First, you take a deep breath, take a rest. Sleep if you can. Um, don't think too much about it for a day or two. And then, if you can ask for um, some help from your friends, if you can ask for your uh, friends' help, that would be great. If you don't have friends, hmm, maybe you can, if you have close relatives, you can also do that, like talk to them and ask for advice. If they don't want to help or if they can help, or they're also in the, in the same situation and they don't know what to give you, what advice they can give you. So, you, uh, the, main, the main advice that I can give you is not give up in that moment. It's natural for you to feel like you, you don't want to continue anymore. It's natural for you to think that this is hope. Uh, this is hopeless and that it's like a cycle and you feel like you're alone but there's always a loophole to everything I'd like to think that way like for problems there's always a solution to any problem and if one solution doesn't work for you, you could probably find another solution that would suit you. If it's money, to be honest, for money, what I did to, to solve that problem is I prayed. Um, I pray so hard because I don't have friends to talk to about money because everyone is having their own problems with money uh, I try to ask for my husband to um, help me or sometimes I ask him to give me a month or a week to delay uh, sharing or yeah I try to I try to ask him for a postponement. So he'll, he'll probably shoulder the monthly expenses for a few months or a few cutoffs. And I just have to figure out what I can do to fix my current situation. And, you know, I was, at the time, um, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't. Uh, I, I've already exhausted all of my options. I've already, because uh, the thing is, 
I was confident before because it's always in theory I can do it. In theory, it's going to be okay. But when I was already in this situation, I realized that the application part was much harder than the theory. So when I was already in the first month of that situation where I don't have any choice and I have to decide on what to do and the current situation I'm in is not enough and I don't want to over... Um, like, I, I don't want to be in a situation where I'll be... I will have a really hard time um, sorting my problems out. So, I actually tried to... What I did next was... I, I asked for considerations. Considerations for the deadlines of my debts. Um... I asked for, like, um, I I tried to have a compromise with my mom, like, oh, this is what's going on. Um, I'm having a hard time. You cannot help me, so this is my plan. And, you know, after saying that, I felt guilty already. I felt guilty the moment I said it. But it's out of frustration because I don't have anywhere, anyone else to ask help from. Yeah, my husband is there, but he already has a lot of things to pay because I am not going to pay him anything for the month. And that's too much for him. And let's say his, his salary is four times or five times bigger than mine. It doesn't change the fact that, of course, uh, the budgeting is still something that he has to consider. Yes, he is the one who budgets our uh, expenses. Okay, so basically that's that. Um, I have to ask for considerations. I have to ask for compromise. I have to weigh on, uh, weigh in on my decisions on uh, to accept the fact that I cannot, I cannot buy the things I want. I have to pay for the things I need to pay. And the last resort that I did was. I decided to take an overtime um, to work more hours for my job because I need it. So I, I already, um, I I already accepted the things that I cannot change, and I also. Uh, considered that I need to adjust everything 
so that I would, wouldn't be indebted into so many um, so many people and so many other um, I won't be in too much debt let's just say it like that because um, I cannot risk uh, spending more than I have so it's really a tough decision at the height of the pandemic where I decided <laughs> to buy a unit in the beginning it was really tough because I said I would do anything just to prove to all those people who hate me that I can <laughs> I can pay for it it's my pride speaking uh, without thinking without even considering if hey uh, is it really something that you can do but because because I was angry because I have too much pride and because I wasn't thinking that it's going to be difficult I said yeah I said that it's going to be um, how should I say that I said that yeah I can do it and now as I am having this first month experience where I find it really hard and about to, and I'm about to give up, I decided to just uh, forget about my pride, put my pride aside and just do it, just move, just, um, yeah, just do your best. <laughs> In everything that you can do as long as you can still do it so yeah um, I still have my pride though because if I if I, ha if I don't have my pride I would just say oh I don't want the unit anymore and just sell it or rent it to other people but I still am renting it even if it is a hard time anyway so yeah that's my solution uh, it's okay to take a rest, but do not give up on the things that you are facing right now. There will be better solutions once you're well rested. And there are people who will help you. Um, and there are people who will understand where you're coming from. So if you speak to them and if you try to tell them what's going on, uh, of course they will understand. It's just a matter of how you deliver your message and your tone and the way you say it uh yeah your delivery so don't give up okay moving on so the fifth uh the fifth thing or the fifth lesson that i've learned was at the beginning of this pandemic i thought it was working for me so as an introvert it didn't bother me if I couldn't go out until I ran out of toiletries and I experienced cabin fever. You know what cabin fever felt like? In my experience, it felt like you're suffocated. Like all of the windows are shut off. Or, yeah, the windows are shut off. And 
there's not much uh, there's there's not enough air in the room and you feel like your head is aching or your your head is spinning you couldn't breathe it felt like probably anxiety and all i didn't know that it was cabin fever at the time at the time i experienced this before even before the pandemic and what i just told my husband at the time was you know uh we don't go out anymore we don't go out and we don't go on dates anymore and sometimes every other weekend i'd like to go out um to the mall to eat at the time i didn't know that it was cabin fever all I know is that that's how I feel. And I got better. Uh, not because I kept going up, but um, I just I just had to ask him to, uh, to accompany me or to, uh, to go with me in the mall. Then after that, I didn't experience it anymore. And then the pandemic started. That's when I also, uh, yeah, that's when I was also figuring out what to do. Uh, as I've said in the beginning, uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, when I was losing students, I was already thinking the worst. And I searched for a job. I resigned in my previous job because I don't want to, to wait for the company to tell me that, hey, we cannot provide any students for you anymore. Um, and it's just a lucky coincidence probably, or it's just good timing and God's grace as well. It's probably God's grace that it's God's grace okay, that I was able to find a better job with a more stable um, uh, with a better job offer that basically is more stable than my previous job. So from that time, um, I was expecting the worst and was fortunate of me to, to really think ahead. And decide right away. I don't usually decide right away, to be honest. I'm so fickle-minded, and I I sometimes regret the decisions I have in life. But because of the start of the pandemic and because of the situation, it's probably the desperation in me that wanted this this job, and it was a it was a good risk, actually, because I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm happy. And if the situation gets better, I hope that I stay in this company forever because it's really good. It's a, I'm having a great time. I'm enjoying. So, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, another thing about me is that I'm an introvert and I come from a household where children are not really uh, some, 
that we didn't really have any children for a long time. We really didn't have a lot of kids staying at home. I was not used to the mess. I was not used to the noise. I'm pretty much comfortable at home because it's quiet. So when my uh, cousin got married and had kids and they stayed in our hometown, it was a new experience for me and I really didn't like it. So in the beginning also, I didn't really like playing with children, with kids. Um, why am I saying this? It's because, yeah, even in, in childhood, I don't really get along with other children. Because I'm, uh, they say that I am um, mischievous or I'm also maldita. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I fight with my cousins, I fight with other children, I make them cry. I then realized when I, as, as I grew older that I prefer to be alone and I prefer to do things that are all indoors. I don't like going out unless I need to work, unless I'm with family or some relatives. I, I really have few friends when I was in high school or college, like less, uh, only less than five. So yeah. Um, so why am I saying this? So the beginning of the <laughs> quarantine was actually, uh, for me, it was working for me at the time because we don't need to invite people around. So it was actually working for me because I get to spend more time with my husband. We don't need to go out. It was something that is uh, something that is quite normal for me. So I didn't have to adjust. I didn't have to worry about some of the things that other people worry about. Um, yeah, because I'm not really a sociable person. Um, even before when I was still single and when I was still living in my hometown, we have parties. I don't entertain people. And it's not also part of our culture to have sleepovers around. So when I got married, of course, my uh, my husband's family is uh, living in a different uh, city. They are from the uh, they are from a different region in the Philippines, and they had to sleep over. So that's one thing that I was also worried about before, because I really didn't know how to entertain people, and it was I'm very awkward with how to to deal with, even if. Uh, to deal with other people, even if they are practically my husband's, uh, my husband's family. So I was uncomfortable because I was not used to it, and I was not open open to it because I'm. How should I say that? Yeah, I prefer to be alone. I prefer quiet. I prefer. Um, Yeah, it's a different experience to be 
with his family because they are also different from my family. So, to be honest, I'm not really hospitable. I'm not hospitable at all. Okay, so with the current curfew, so it also made me happy that, um, because now, okay, so just to give you an, uh, few more details about what the quarantine is like here in the Philippines. In the in the beginning of the pandemic, we have a quarantine where we the transportation is limited. But now we have transportation so we can uh, hail a um, hail a ride um, a ride or we can book rides using a um I forgot the term, but using uh, like an Uber, we call it Grab here in the Philippines. So it's a ride hailing system or an application. So right now we can use that. There are some point to point public transportation that you can use, but there's still a risk of getting sick from, uh, of course, riding on a public transportation at a certain, uh, a certain date. That we're going. Anyway, so the current curve, the current situation is we have a curfew. So the curfew starts in the beginning. Uh, the curfew started from ten o'clock in the evening until six or five in the morning. And then, right now, I think they changed the time from ten. They they made it six o'clock. Like. Uh, people aren't allowed to be outside unless they are not frontliners, uh, unless they are frontliners, or yeah. So those regular citizens who are not frontliners are not uh, allowed to go out or to be outside from 6 p.m. To 6 a.m. I think so when I heard about it it was actually frustrating again uh, I like to use the word frustrating to, to describe everything that's going on about the pandemic so why was it frustrating for me that the curfew starts at 6 uh, of course, you cannot go grocery shopping at the afternoon because you have to go early. So you would um, risk um, getting a penalty or whatever, or being punished for being outside after curfew hours. So, um, my point is, yeah, so my husband usually goes out. So, in the, in the time of general quarantine, community quarantine, or GCQ, um, so I think there was a time when people can still go out, or that was a 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. curfew, but my husband still goes out to uh, to go biking 
at that time, I was so worried because EGK or extrajudicial killings are still prominent. And there is still a lot of things that is going on in the current situation where people get red tagged or um, you know, drugs are implanted on some people that don't, don't really do drugs or whatever. So I was worried for him, but I was quite satisfied when the curfew started so he couldn't buy the wee hours anymore. Although, of course, that's, a, that's probably not good for him. Like, he probably felt that uh, that's the only time where he can actually relax because his job is really, um, is really stressful as well. But we, could, we couldn't do anything about it. That's what the government implemented. I was just happy that he doesn't go outside the, in the middle of the night where anything can happen uh, with this government that is not accountable for anything but is so proud to kill other people or, you know, imprison people that are not really prominent. So, I, mean, I was just looking out for him. And... I also was worried about him contracting the virus and endangering us, the people around him. Uh, at the time, he was also... Um, because we, we weren't in a bubble yet when he was still biking um, at night. So there are times when he can go to his hometown, his hometown um, by bike. So, what I was worried about at that time was when he goes out uh, or when he goes home to his home, when he goes to his hometown and he goes home, that he might contract the virus and he's asymptomatic and he might, you know, pass on the virus to to his senior citizen parents or to his family, or if in case like for example, if we go to my hometown uh, and we're both asymptomatic and we, you know, accidentally pass on the virus to other people that we've, um, we've encountered or that we've spoken to or we've been with. So, uh, that is one of the things that I was also worried about. And I actually felt like, uh, the curfew has its pros and cons, and most of it worked for me because I'm such a worrier. Uh, I worry a lot. Like, I worry about anything, almost anything and everything. And the worry just was just heightened because the pandemic was still severely affecting, uh, it's still severely affecting the Philippines. <laughs> and I'm still writing. Okay. So, anyway, that's that. Uh, for me, as I've mentioned, I'm an introvert, so I don't really go anywhere unless I need to go. Like, if I need to buy some things that, uh, you know, there's, there's online shopping. But the thing is, if you're going to buy something and you want it to be authentic, you have to buy it personally. 
for example, for skincare, if you're going to spend a lot of money for skincare and you're not sure if the... Well, I'm not saying that the sellers are fake, but there, there are instances where people just want to earn more money and they don't deliver the exact product and they just change the, the contents of the bottle. So I don't want to risk that because I'm going to put the the contents of that uh, <laughs> of that bottle on my face. So yeah, basically if I have to go to the pharmacy to Watson's or whatever, I need to do I need to go by myself. That's the only time that I if I go to Watson's. Uh, for food, I can always tell my husband to buy this and that and he already knows because we've always we've been going grocery shopping since we were in a relationship like so he already knows that and if something goes wrong or if he doesn't find what we're, what I'm asking him to buy um, I give him suggestions using the using pictures online yeah so anyway uh yeah the essentials, um, I only buy essentials, I have to buy only the essentials nowadays since I've already mentioned that money is still a huge problem on my end and I'm still okay with that, I can work. Uh, I always say this with pride and also because I just want to assure myself since no, no one else can reassure me. So I just say that if it's money, you can work for it. Um, yes, money, we, we always um, spend the money that we earn, that we get, or that is handed over to us, but the thing is we can always work for it, so um, money is tangible and you can still do something about it, so um, don't make it the center of your problem. When I pray, actually, I pray for contentment and I pray that I wouldn't be so attached to worldly things because it's really hard to be so invested in all these material things that in the beginning of the pandemic you didn't thought you needed and then the, the trend of buying everything online is really accessible and easy so when you search on the internet you see all of these things that you thought you need or you justify that you need then when you think about it there are other things that you need to prioritize and yeah it's basically something that you still have to think about and um yeah think about and consider so that is for going out, uh, the ECQ, the curfew, and yeah, buying the essentials and all that. Also, um, it's not just about biking and buying the essentials or online shopping. I mentioned that I only have a few friends. And... It's a good thing that I still catch up and I still talk to my friends online. So, it was just 
it also became difficult because with a few friends that I have, um, there was a time that I started missing them. And I miss hanging out with them because, yes, we talk online, we, we have uh, our group chat and all that. But it's still different when you're together, you can see their actions, you can see how they look like, how they have changed, what's new with them, or, you know, those things. Um, just being around friends is something, like, it's another part, it's another kind of relaxation, um, quite different from what you're doing when you're alone. So, yeah. Alright, so the sixth lesson that I've learned over the pandemic is that if I hadn't adopted the cats or our cats, I'd be totally pissed <laughs> when my husband does other things. So, uh, before, when we were, when it's just the two of us, I'd always pester him because he's always busy with his work, he's always busy with video games, because it's, his kind of video games are FPS, first person sh shooting, or yeah, um, shooting games, and I'm not fond of that. <laughs> I, I hate a lot of, I hate pressing a lot of buttons, so I don't play FPS, but I'm really curious about Valorant, but I know that Valorant, but I, I definitely, no matter how intrigued I am, I definitely can play it. At the most, I only play MOBA, and that's just how I, um, and I don't play as often as I used to. So, yeah. So, going back, so, uh, before, I would pester him with not spending enough time with me. Like, I would make a huge deal about any, anything and everything. For example, uh, I only sleep alone where we are working on uh, the same office hours, but I don't get to sleep beside you all the time. <laughs> or, um... I, I always had something to bicker with him about. And then when I changed my schedule, <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, it's the same thing. I still can't sleep with him except for weekends. Uh, I still, you know, um, we, we can't eat together the normal time except for weekends or sometimes when uh, one of, when for example not one of us is six, is oversleeping like overcompensating for the hours that we missed when we have to wake up early at work so yeah when we had the cats or when we started adopting these cats uh, things changed, so I don't fight with him anymore. He can play more games than he wants because uh, I can put my attention to the cats. So I play with them. I talk to them like they are real people. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to answer. I'm really fond of my 
cats and treat them as children. I, uh, for me, it's okay if it doesn't sleep beside me as long as the cats sleep beside me or at least um, are around me when I am in the room. The first thing that I look for are actually the cats. Like when I go out, say for example, when I have to pee um, because I'm working in the work room. So when I go out, the, the first thing that I do is look for the cats and check where they are and check if they have already eaten. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I forget to think about my husband because, um, yeah, basically he became my second priority after the cats because uh, he needs to sleep more or because I don't want to disturb him. So, yeah, I think nowadays I am more lenient with him. Like, I don't pester him that much because I don't ask for a lot of attention except for I want whenever I want some hugs randomly. So, I just go to his table and ask for a hug or just talk to him. But then I still get pissed when, for example, I'm busy and he... Uh, he tells me what to do in the middle of my preparation for work. So that pisses me off. But at the end of the day, when I've already, uh, when I'm already, when I've already eaten, and when everything is already sorted out, yeah, I try to patch up with him. So the cats really are a huge factor in also on why. I stopped updating all of my social media. So I just focus on the cats, I sleep, I cook, or whatever. So, yeah. And it gave us both our me time. So, since he cannot bike, he can stream, um, except for the times that I have to work. So, at least we, we get to find a compromise in the middle of things. And I'm also, you know, I'm also happy when he's playing with the cats because uh, when I see that he, no matter how bad our fight is, whenever he holds up one of the cats or whenever he takes care of them, I still feel that, uh, yeah, um, he still loves the cats even if he hates me at the time. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm making sense, but anyway. So moving on, um, for my free, for my me time. So I have always pointed out that I needed some time alone because I'm an introvert, and when I was still single, it's really a huge factor for me that no matter how, um. It, that even if we've been living together for a few years, I still wanted to have my own freedom. Like a weekend where I can write, because I really like writing on weekends. I used to do that. Or just to distress. Or watch a series. Or, you know, uh, for me, it's like after working, I need some time to distress. 
and before getting married, that's all I wanted for for him to give me. Um, but uh, as a clingy person, I also pester him because I want some time when he's also doing his me time. So that was also one of the things that we also fight about when we were not yet married. So I know it was still uh, immature of me, but I'm learning and I'm trying to give him his own time. And I have accepted the fact that <laughs> I need to do chores first, do some of my personal chores, and relax a bit and sleep. So, yeah, uh, that's what I've learned. Okay. Uh, I've learned quite a lot because of this pandemic, and it has changed how I think and feel about the current situation that uh, my country is in. It also changed my perspective not only in uh, not only in life but also in relationships um, with work with being realistic with being political with financial matters with distressing how to handle cabin fever and all that so it has really changed a lot in me it has really affected me quite a lot and it's really to put it in one word it's a struggle and uh to put it into another word it's frustrating so um as we know change is constant and hopefully things will get better i also hope that you can also acknowledge the changes that this pandemic um, that this pandemic has brought in your life, okay, or the changes that these pan uh, that this pandemic brought in your life, or that has affected your life in way. And regardless, I hope you're doing much better every day. So we've reached the 52nd minute of the second part. I'm so sorry to keep you waiting and uh, also sorry to, um, yeah, to keep you from doing other important things. If, you're, if you've reached this part and you're still listening to me and you still uh, want to hear more from me and if you have some feedback or if you want some uh, to give me some suggestions or whatever, uh, you can send me a message or you can also follow me on my Facebook page and also my Twitter and my blog on WordPress. I'll put it all in my description box so you can follow me there. Alright, so my... WordPress account is Hey It's Ali. It's H E Y A I T S A L E E. Again, H E Y I T S A L E dot WordPress dot com. So for a Facebook page. Okay, so my Facebook page is the same. It's Facebook dot com slash. 
Okay, so my page is loading quite slowly. Um, yeah, I'll just um, put everything in the description box so you can follow and you can put in uh, your suggestions, your comments, or anything that you want to say. Or if you would like to request for my Patreon <laughs> link, I can also share it with you on the DM or on your personal message or whatever. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to my podcast or my blog or I'd like to say my blogcast and I hope to hear from you soon. Stay safe and uh, yeah, don't give up. So I hope to hear from you next time. Thank you and goodbye.